Oh yeah, you're not going to believe it. It's the birthday show, show number 53 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, a retrospective and some looking ahead, plus the latest industry news. This show is sponsored, this one-year-old show officially, is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. Hey, you know, their conference is coming quickly, just a few weeks away. If you haven't registered, be sure to do so. I think it's like 85% sold out. But Norm Brodsky, he's going to be speaking. Lots of great sessions, including even me. I'm going to be doing one. Uh, and lots of great ways to get your O'Neill groove on. Talk, learn, interact, do some good stuff for charity. Are you going? I am. Hey, if you want to learn more about it, check them out at O'Neillsoft.com. All right. Let's start the music. Happy birthday huh? to you. Happy birthday. No, 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 not that music. Yes, I appreciate the fact that uh, Marilyn, you're singing to us on our birthday show, but it's the show music we want. Let's get going. Welcome to the Rim Rim Pro Reports. The one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry. Bustling with news. Views. Here's what I believe. And the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information. Stories. Yes. Important product and service reviews. Yes. And a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators. Shred and destruction vendors. Media and electronic vaulters. Scanners and imaging providers. Take note. This show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me, and I want to welcome you to our official birthday show. It's show 53. Wow, one whole year of shows. 52 shows in total, not counting today, where we've explored lots of different ways to make the show fun and interesting. Hey, we've had our share of celebrities on the show, and as you know, they've been banned from coming to the studio by you know the Screen Actors Guild, but whatever, we'll get over it. Uh, we've covered a ton of news in this last year. We even got started with a sponsor, O'Neill Software. But today, as a way of celebrating, I wanted to give you some perspectives on what I've learned this last year as a result of doing this show, or in context with learning doing this show, uh, the reality is, uh, to me, they're not different. They're all integrated. It's just been a really interesting year. And I want to share these with you. And hopefully by doing that, you'll learn some stuff too as a result. But before we do that, uh, let's check out this week in the RIM industry news. Earlier in the week, HP announced that it would buy Autonomy. Interesting, as Autonomy just purchased Iron Mountain Digital. Uh, Watching HP, the old world tech company, integrate the more savvy, aggressive, and edge-of-the-envelope autonomy company could mean some interesting times ahead for clients in that environment. I think it'll be interesting to watch that all occur. Speaking of Iron Mountain, well, CEO Richard Reese cashed out a few of his Iron Mountain stocks this week. He sold just 257000 of them for uh, 31 bucks each. And lest you not do the math that quickly, that's a cool $8 million. Lest you be worried about Mr. Reese, he still holds four point. 5 million shares of Iron Mountain. Well, that's just worth an estimated 144 million at the current market rates. Don't think we have to worry about him that much. Retrievex is on a roll this week. Peter and company purchased Joyce Record Center in Chicago. 
This is Retrievec's 12th acquisition and gives them a solid foothold in Chicago. Congratulations to Danny Mudd, owner of Joyce Records, on the sale to Retrievex. Hey, German Data Protection Authorities officials ordered all government institutions to remove the Facebook Like button from their site this week. The German authorities suggested, suggested that using it uh, leads to profiling and that violates German and European law. Facebook, in response, said it's in full compliance with the laws. Well, Mr. Zuckerberg, interesting days ahead for you in Germany. And finally... Data protection looks like a great place to be. This comes on the heels of a report by Market Research, which forecasts the global data protection and recovery solutions market to grow 10.2% annually through 2014. Rising compliance requirements is one of the main factors contributing to this growth. The market has also been witnessing a shift in demand towards centralized protection and storage. However, the introduction of backup solutions as add-on modules by security software companies could pose a challenge to the growth of this market. If this interests you and data protection is something you're uh, either in actively engaged in, be aware that uh, Bare Metal Data is holding its conference in a couple of weeks in San Antonio. You can check that out at baremetaldata.com. Lots of great info will emerge there about all that's happening. Well, that's it for the news. Next week, next week, if all goes as planned, we'll get more into the whole data protection stuff uh, in an extended interview with Sean Stevens of Cornerstone Records. Sean is one of the longtime industry experts in the, in the, uh, the whole data protection field, and we're scheduled to have him on the sh next week's show, so I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of guests, in the next few weeks, we're also scheduled to talk with some other great people in the industry. As you know, I want you to enjoy these interviews with many types of different industry people. And I want to explore what people are doing uh, more than just where they've been. I, I love hearing people's stories, but I'm also interested this year in really moving towards uh, some of the things that they're doing that, that are really propelling success. What are they doing that's making things happen? What are they doing that is uh, creating results for them? And I want to start sharing that on a more active basis in the conversations we'll be having in the next few weeks. Well, before we go on to the next part of the show, uh, I need to kind of get my head wrapped around it because uh, there's some good stuff coming. Hang on a second. Well, okay, today in celebration of our first year birthday show, I want to outline for you from my perspective what I'm seeing in this industry, both from the work I do every day in the industry, the conversations I have every single day with you, many of you who call me, talk to me, clients, uh, prospects, people that I have just encounters with on a regular basis. And somehow in all this, I've learned some things along the way, particularly in this last year because it's intersected with with the, the show and just doing a show every week uh, creates a lot of interesting interactions, creates a lot of interesting knowledge. And I think like Oprah, maybe I'll call it the things I know for sure. 
and uh, besides the fact that I am now creeping into my uh, late 40s, and somehow the things I know for sure are not quite the things I knew for sure as a 20-year-old, because back in the 20s, I knew everything. Today, I'm not quite sure I know everything, but these are some things I know for sure specifically as it relates to this industry based on all the stuff that's kind of happened in the last year. So here we go. Number one, I know for sure that everything keeps changing. Yep, boxes still sit on shelves and shredders still destroy paper, but so many other things continue to evolve. The way you market, the way you sell, how you sell, what you lead with, that's all in flux all the time. I recall Richard Reese's last session in Reno at PRISM where he sat on the stage and he talked about what he had seen and the evolution of the the, the rim service industry. And, and I recall him specifically saying that they had at Iron Mountain seen a significant shift where the box storage business, a box on a shelf, was no longer the primary sell from Iron Mountain's perspective. It was now the follow-on sell. It was the add-on sell. It was the after-effect sell. And in the work we do at Flourish Press, we see this changing too, uh, fairly consistently in the lead generation that happens from web-based marketing. We see lead flow coming predominantly around shred and scanning is following, and that is significantly outperforming traditional record storage online lead generation. It's not that the record storage boxes on shelves stuff isn't occurring, it's that it is dramatically overshadowed by shred and scanning. And you know what? I see this in my world every day as my team works in web marketing. Just when you figure out what Google has done and get ready to respond to it, they go and change it again. The reality is that your RIM prospects, the world that they live in, the world you live in, and uh, all of our customers is that world. Stuff is always changing. And so the question becomes, if this is what I truly know, stuff is always changing. And I think you know that too. The question becomes, are you constantly adapting to uh, to be connected to that reality? Are you talking your language or are you talking their language? Because if their language is changing based on the fact that we now live in a social media culture, based on the fact that we live in a social media world where they already know about you before uh, you even have a chance to talk about them, uh, are you aware of that? And are you aware how, how much that impacts you? If you're still trying to sell box business uh, and that's your lead, maybe you need to start thinking about changing it because it's all changing. So here's the second one. Uh, with such a small industry, what I'm also realizing is everyone is doing something unique to form and to hold their place in the world and making cool things happen as a result. See, with my unique view on this room service world and I see so many people and I see so many models of stuff happening, so many interesting variations on theme, it's kind of exciting. Uh, the change that I just spoke of is actually implementing itself into these really interesting things that are happening. And I love when I talk to people doing stuff that just makes sense in today's world. One specific example is Jay Morton, who was on show 44 of Scan Venture Technologies. Uh, Jay basically took this whole concept that uh, yes, the world lives in a imaging environment and the HIPAA, you know, the HIPAA uh, and the, um, the healthcare uh, evolution towards a paperless environment and uh, 
digital medical records, uh, Jay got this sense that that the healthcare community lived and breathed within the uh, the concept of the old traditional paper-based medical record. And so he kind of shoved those two together and created digital PDFs that look, act, and feel exactly like the old medical records. If you didn't listen to Jay Morton's show, Show 44, check that out. Or, hey, Will Scott of Bleagle Bloss. Bleagle Bloss, the name is quite funny to begin with, but he was on show 39. And uh, Will Scott, uh, who ran a record center and then got interested in the fact that boxes just didn't seem to make sense to him. And so he has kind of completely reinvented boxes to be more ergonomically effective and colorful and interesting and uh, is doing some really wonderful stuff with shred containers, um, uh, record storage boxes, and frankly, I think he's going to change the world with boxes. Hey, and Mike Ball and his team at Data Store in Milwaukee reinventing themselves to tie in their uh, their offerings with SharePoint and creating software and creating a whole mechanism whereby they're tying in with companies. And you know, SharePoint is making stuff happen in the world. That that's Microsoft's best product, bar none, right now. And uh, Mike Ball and the team there at Data Store, check out Show 7 if you're interested in that. Andy Sokol, Show 31, build an incredibly cool scanning business. And then he reinvents himself into not just doing scanning, but teaching the rest of our industry about scanning. Same thing with Ray Berry uh, with Shred School. Tom Dumez at Kent Records. Uh, reinventing his HR position into really being a compliance expert. Uh, man, there's so many cool stories, so many cool stories we've shared with you here on the RIM Pro Report about people kind of taking uh, what they're doing and reinventing it in a way that positions them well within, uh, not only in the industry, but with their clients, with their customers, with their prospects. And I guess my question to you is, how are you taking the traditional ways and reinventing them in a way that is logical, up-to-date, interesting, and appealing, but it also aligns with who you are and what you do in your world. To me, that's where stuff's rocking right now. You know what? But in all that, the third thing I know for sure, and this one becomes more apparent to me every day, there are no magic bullets to this. I want magic bullets as much as you do, but there is no easy way to make that happen. To get a result now requires hard, persistent effort, and you can't let up. You can't assume because you have a rim business and you've got uh, shelves that are empty needing boxes that people will line up to send you their boxes. You can't assume because you have an online web presence that you will get traffic and therefore get leads. You can't assume that because you have a media vault that your customers are even thinking physical tape backup. They're, they're not thinking backup. You have to be active. You have to be pushing forward. You have to be trying things and testing things. You have to, in the immortal words of Miss Frizzle, and if you don't know who Miss Frizzle is, go back and watch old old kids TV. But she used to talk about this thing called take chances, get messy, and make mistakes. Hey, thinking about that, I love talking to Corey Fitzy uh, back a number or early on. I, I don't even remember what show number that is now. 
He's that uh, 17-year-old kid making it happen in our industry. Young kid, some great parenting, and then some tutelage from the old grandmaster himself, Kerry McGovern. And this kid is just not building a business. He's winning awards while he's at it. No easy way to do it. He's in school. And then uh, during classes, he heads off to do um, to do a, a pickup or to sell somebody something. Uh, and he is making things happen, but it's not easy. It's not like it comes naturally, but he's doing it out there. And uh, if you want to hear that show, I think that one's worth listening to, show number 16. But, man, uh, it's hard work out there. There's no magic bullets. There's no easy way through this. Uh, everybody is busy. Everybody has got a ton of stuff going on. Everybody has their own things and they don't want to hear from you. So you've got to find a way to reinvent yourself using, uh, the, the positioning that you take, the interesting new uh, approaches you take to things. And that's where stuff begins to happen. Which leads me to my fourth belief, the fourth thing I know for sure, and this comes out of, out of what to me is happening in the broader culture, and it's this. You have to be interesting because interesting matters. Let's face it, our rim business is inherently boring. My gosh, we are not so cool in terms of what the world is talking about. Boxes on shelves and shredding paper, imaging or data backups are not what people wake up every day thinking about. Our stuff doesn't get a ton of likes in Facebooks or retweets on Twitter. Uh, Google Plus isn't plussing us every day. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be trying to be interesting. You know, I recall a conversation with Mike Sullivan, uh, and that was back in show 46, I think. Uh, Mike Sullivan's in a tiny market, State College, Pennsylvania. But you see, he's not content to just be boring. He's doing interesting things. You know, he sends beer bottles to his prospects. Then he actually directs them to a video online to teach them how to pour beer. See, that's what gets attention. That's interesting. I am convinced more than ever that your personal economy and the state of your business economy reflects who is interested in you and how much they are interested. If you are not closing business, I might ask you this. Are you interesting enough? Are you creating something with your business that stomps all over the requirements to be professional and boring? Are you doing something that catches attention in an interesting way and causes people to take notice, to give you attention, and as a result of that, to get business? Now, here's another one, and this one I think is, is actually bigger and it, it frames itself in history. But it's this, just because Access and Retrievex and Cornerstone and Cintas and Recall and Crown and Iron Mountain uh, are all, all out there buying and doing the kind of stuff they're doing in terms of consolidation, it doesn't mean the rim world doesn't continue to grow with new life. See, history is interesting to me. Our industry is no different than the newspaper industry or the technology industry, the retail industry, or the, uh, the railroad industry. They all seem to follow a five-phase cycle in the, the evolution of an industry. The first phase is invention, the early adoption, the birth of an industry. Uh, Peter Pierce uh, 
you know, he he really, I think, formally helped birth this industry in the work he did with the government and uh, formed Pierce Leahy. And, and then uh, other early adopters who kind of, of, in their own way, coming out of the moving industry, uh, created record centers. Uh, and that led into that early invention and early adoption, led into what I would consider the proliferation phase, which every industry goes through. These were the early settlers who got a great piece of the action from the big dogs like Iron Mountain at the time and Pierce uh, Shredded was doing it in the shredding industry. And then you look back at some of the longtime locals like Steve Richards in Nashville and the Reese's in San Francisco, and this was happening all over the country. Country, but those early proliferation settlers who uh, really got so much wonderful uh, business because they were there and they were involved in the game. And that proliferation phase is really where the industry took its shape and, and formed some roots. And, uh, and yet the industry didn't stay there. And over the last number of years, the stage has been standardization. And this really started back when AR, ACRC was formed, the predecessor to PRISM and the predecessor uh, really to NAID. And ARC, ACRC becomes important to the industry. A more complete understanding was beginning to evolve and develop in terms of how this industry practiced, how it worked. Conferences began to help the early players establish system and share practice. Uh, software like O'Neill creates a uniform system for everyone in terms of how you bill and how you create and, and this, the barcoding system begins to evolve. Racking companies like Rev helped to put the industry in a more system uh, structural environment. Uh, and, you know, all of the other players who have been involved to really create a standardization of the industry. But then this next phase is where it gets interesting to me, and that's been the consolidation phase. And, and granted, consolidation has been taking place over a long haul. Uh, the first real big one really happened years ago with the Iron Pierce deal. But in the last number of years, this major consolidation happens at a more foundational, fundamental level. Uh, and really what we're seeing are the Walmarts of RIM services. Yeah, uh, Inner, uh, Iron Mountain and uh, Recall, Cintas and Shredit, uh, Access Crown, Retrievex Cornerstone, 220, all of these consolidators seem to be sharing the number of, of players. They, they, the shrinking effect is happening because every week, like we did this week and like we did last week and the week before, every single week on the news I, I talk about in the industry, somebody else got bought. And so the consolidation seemed to be shrinking the true number of players in the industry. But lest you think this is different, when the railway started in the 1800s, 186 train companies sold stock in public offerings. But in 50 years, there were just six real railroads. That's 97% consolidation. When AT&T's patent on the telephone expired in 1894, 6,000 new phone companies were formed in less than a year. None of those companies survived. When the rotary printing press was invented, every town everywhere had 20 newspapers in it. Today, they have one at most, and that one, if it's still there, is on life support. Uh, how about one more example, just to drive the point home? At one time alone in the U.S., there were a hundred automakers. Now there are two and a half. 
And you know what? This industry is no different. We're fully in that stage. This is history and history never lies. It just keeps repeating itself and it does in our industry too. More recently, Walmart and Home Depot crushed traditional Main Street stores. Cell phones have made landlines obsolete. Cable has all but destroyed network TV. Salad in a bag now outsells lettuce. Coffee is $4 a cup, and it's that cost everywhere. And GPS systems have replaced paper maps forever, and the reality is GPS systems don't even matter anymore because in most cases, they're in your cell phone. This is the natural path of business development. It never wavers. It really never does. But rather than get depressed about it, there's always one more phase that comes after consolidation, and that's the exciting one, and it's called innovation. And this final phase, innovation, is where cars replace the horse and radio is born out of the newspaper and TV emerges to overshadow radio. And the internet, well, the internet, we see it daily, it keeps outpacing itself. And iPads reinvent the browsing experience and apps are replacing software. And the reality is software doesn't even exist if you understand VMware. And that's where the cool stuff is happening and will continue to happen in this industry going forward forward with the innovators. The Walmarts of RIM are buying everything up and it's consolidating, but I think we're stuck between consolidation and innovation, consolidation and innovation. And that's where I think as I watch this industry and what I know for sure is this industry will not remain static. It will continue to grow. Just look at Nate and Bob Johnson. And I think that's a, a clue from a, a sort of macro perspective. They continue to innovate in incredible ways in terms of how the shredding industry is operating. It started with shredding and it's moved into uh, destruction and now the, the whole evolution of now changing the way the world thinks such that they have to have to shred. It's not even an option in the world. And so much of that has come as Nate has really pushed the envelope and changed things and innovated and continues to innovate. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, I, I expect that many of you never even believed who were early, early starters, early uh, innovators in this industry, never expected what you'd be seeing today. And so I, I think the point is this. If you understand the trail of, of enterprise and you understand how industries evolve, what you see is clear. If you're not innovating now, uh, you're probably going to be uh, someone who gets stuck uh, being consolidated. And uh, I, I think it's really important to be aware of that. So that's five, six, six, and we're running out of time. But six to me is really interesting. Advertising, marketing, and sales is truly the real leverage point in your business. And if I know anything for sure, this is it. Your uniquely differentiated, niche-focused, interesting business has one way to significantly grow, and that's through continuing to place huge amounts of energy and attention in this area of marketing. Yes, operations matter, but to neglect marketing to improve operations will eventually lead to someone taking your clients or reinventing the way they think so they come to, you, to them anyways and they leave you. I've said it many times, but marketing is a day in, day out, never ending, persevering kind of activity. No let ups, no one shot and it's done. 
It is something that I think gives you the greatest possibility of growth, the greatest possibility to actually reinvent yourself in a positive way. And finally, these are the things I know for sure. And this one thing I know for sure about this industry, it's all about the people. Reb has a great video on their website. If you haven't seen it, take a look. It's uh, rebsteel.com. And in that video, right about the middle of it, Chris Haar, who was on show three actually, uh, says this line, it's all about the people. It's just about the people. And that's, he talks about how it makes Reb who they are. Well, let me expand on his line and say, this industry is about incredibly cool people. It's all about the people. We're not a big industry. We're not a huge industry, but man, when you start to get to know the incredibly amazing people in this industry, I have to say that I have had the incredible privilege and pleasure of meeting so many of them. And this year on the show, this first year of the RimPro Report, I have had the incredible opportunity to, to talk with them and share them with you. Steve Richards and Chris Kelly, Michael Marchand and Carrie McGovern, Tom Dumez and Bill Blyle, Cheryl Creviston and Kathy Albertini, Helen Streck and Brad Collings doing great work, uh, Lori Palmer, uh, the, in, the one, the only Ian Thomas, uh, James Bastian doing great stuff up there in Montreal, uh, Randy Ruinzon, uh, who to me was such a wonderful uh, show when we talked about um, you know, how to maintain your shred trucks, Rob Alston from Access and Corey Fitzy, we've already mentioned him, Dave Herrick, former uh, outgoing, well, he's been, actually been out for a while, but of, of data site in, in Seattle and uh, was with RIM. Jim Booth uh, doing wonderful stuff and uh, Jim Booth, who's been a part of our industry for a long time now. Uh, Jim Teske, <clears throat> great guy, record max, uh, Bob Johnson, Jim Johnson, not related, uh, Randy Barnes, Vinny Sikor, Andy Sokol, Joe Roberto from Shred Tech, Ray Berry, Angie Keating, Sarah Bowden Carr, Rob Miller, Vlad Vasek uh, doing some interesting stuff in acquisitions. Will Scott talked about him. Jason Lavender uh, doing interesting stuff as it relates to um, uh, security. Melissa Burton from Prism. Steve Sisney from Cornerstone. Jay Morton. Larry Varn, the one, the only Larry Varn. And Victor Hernandez from Mexico City. Uh, Gary Smith. And, you know, Christian and Patty from Phoenix in, in Winnipeg. Wow, what a, what a cool couple and what great people. Leo Kane and Jeff Hamra and uh, Mike Sullivan. Uh, last week, Ward Como and a couple weeks ago, Tanya Curry. Man, it is these kind of people that make this such a special industry to be a part of that makes such a, it, it just feel really incredible to be such a wonderful group of people. And it's these kind of people that you've heard on this show that are coming back to this show on a regular basis. Every week, I want to allow you to meet more interesting people from this industry who are doing stuff, who are innovating, who are who are really making things happen in our world. And I want to share those with you. It has been a blast and it will continue to be a blast to share them with you. Hey, thanks again uh, to O'Neill Software for making this opportunity for me happen, to give me the opportunity to continue to talk to all these really cool people. They've been our sponsor for the last four months. And to Ian and the whole team at O'Neill, I am incredibly grateful. You guys are amazing. Thanks for being a part of this show. If you want to know more about O'Neill, 
you can check them out at O'Neillsoft.com. Well, there it is. The things I know, some news, and our first year anniversary show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this show. Can't wait to talk to you this next week and this next year. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.